Poopy one, two, three. Here we go. And uh, hello and welcome back to the Spooky Succubus cast. We had been having some technical issues, aka I don't know how my computer works, so I was doing some mic checks. Uh, and I just think poo poo pee pee one two three really rolls off the tongue. It gave me a good little chuckle, and you said it like five times, and I laughed every single I kinda, time. I kind of forgot I was just saying it to myself, and then I got like in the habit of being like, "Okay, poo poo pee pee one two three and then I forgot you were here. <laughs> I loved it. So uh, this is the Spooky Succubus cast. I'm Abby. I'm Rebecca. And we are an anti-racist, anti-fascist, anti-capitalist, anti-Joe Biden. Anti-everybody. Anti-pretty much every part of the establishment. (laughs) Um, Feminist podcast about horror movies. And this week we're covering a 2021 film directed by a man, written by men, and uh, I think probably executive produced by men, called The Night House, which is on HBO Max. Uh, And before we get started, there is a big content warning for suicide in this movie and self-harm. Just like it's a terrible movie. And just being a bad movie. Skip it. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless. I like... I'm, uh, this is coming, this is a uh, request coming to you from Maya, you know. Hey, uh, Maya! And Your I've never seen this. Your eyelashes looked good on Instagram. Right, her, her little sister does them. Uh, ooh, you just like staggered in my feet. Hopefully everything's fine with our connection, because you froze a I see bit. you fine, I hear you fine, do you hear me? I hear you, um, but this movie. Is Can bad. you hear me, Major Tom Mancia? Um, yeah, I didn't like. I this is one of those that I like. I just can't help but enjoy the experience of watching a horror movie, no matter how bad. So I was like, yeah, ooh, and then at the end, I was like, that actually did leave something to be desired, as far as. Like, I was Everything. thinking to myself, this the main character is a woman, and probably about, like, 40% of the screen time, her best friend Claire is on screen. But then I was like, I still don't think it passes the Bechdel test, because all they do is talk about the husband. Like, they don't have any other conversations. I think it might, because she says, when they, she comes into the, like, teacher meeting, and she's late, she says, um... I didn't think you would come. No one would, you know, whatever. No one would fault you if you didn't come. And then Beth says, um, I have grades to put in. And then Claire says, I would do them for you. I think that's the only time. And I guess um, Beth and Hunter's mom talk about the C in speech for like enough but they talk. They're talking about Hunter. Oh, which but could Hunter's be, the man. I think he's a boy. I think they say he, but it could also be a girl's name. So... I think it's a boy child. I think they do say he. Yeah. Yeah, because so, she says, I want to know why my son got, didn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the premise of this movie, I just feel like I, it already exists, even though I can't, like, exactly point to it. But, like, yeah. grieving widow, lake house, wealthy white woman, like, drinking wine. And I do want to say the main character is played by Rebecca Hall, who is... 
uh, mixed race. I'm not talking, when we say like a white woman, we're not talking about Rebecca Hall. We're talking about the character in the movie, Beth Parchin, uh, who is awful. Like, I saw some reviews that called her performance really compelling, but it was just like, I was so not into her, like, take on this character it just didn't her and i eyes, really i really like her she was in know. a movie in 2011 called the awakening that was about like a haunted boarding school and i thought she was great i really liked her in that movie Maybe but i, I just, have seen that i struggled and I then saw... owen the husband is from pretty little liars I've never seen. I've never. He looks so familiar, and I was like, "Why the fuck do I know this guy? Why am I looking at his bare ass?" And like, I it's so. I was. Um, I it's hated. actually referred to as his little butt. So let's his not be little vulgar. butt. Um, <laughs> I yeah. I don't know. I think I've seen Rebecca Hall on a couple things. Her eyes are very wide. She's really um, pretty, uh, but that's not you know here nor there. About. But I yeah. I just don't like. I'm sure that the what was written on the page gave her absolutely it's like nothing. I can't imagine brunette wearing oversized men's shirts. Okay, thanks, thanks for that, David Buckner. Bruckner, really As fucking, someone, you know, rethinking the genre there. Right, rewriting Bro. the whole. Oh, book. by the way, it's like hotter than Satan's butthole in Boston. So if you hear the gentle hum of a fan. Or the not gentle dropping that Frankie just did of her big ass bone. Um, that is I because fine. I don't want to die. So, you uh, know, just double tap if you want me to die. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm so currently I think wearing. Re- what? Oh, you look good. An oversized men's shirt. Yeah, but you're cooler than Beth Parchin. Um, you just have that je ne sais quoi. Right. I just again mm-hmm. Frankie's bone. Men's shirts are more comfortable and are so much cheaper, even at the thrift store, bastards. But, um, yeah. What are you gonna do? I buy my shaving cream from, and my deodorant from the men's section, and it's like essentially the same stuff, but just less expensive because of, you know, misogyny, patriarchy, and something that has to do with Don Draper. I feel, you know. Yeah, madman. He did this to me. (laughs) Uh, Are you Roger Sterling? That's I what I had written down. I my notes are not appropriate. I can't like tell you what happened. So I tried to watch this movie twice as there's one no does. Need. I don't know why and you insist on doing that. Because it's better it's like makes it easier for me to think about it and talk about it. But I just take like four days to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> but I fell asleep. I nearly fell asleep. When I just watched it, when I just finished writing the plot, and it was it's the middle of the day. It's just so incredibly it's, uh, boring. It's so boring. Like I texted you, too, that you, there's just a lot of, like, walking around in the woods or in a house, and there's, like, you know. She sees something. Quiet, thumping, and I don't know. It just, like, it's, yeah. I was watching it at, like, 11 p.m., like, huh. <laughs> Yeah, and I stay up until five o'clock in the morning, and still I fell asleep at. And this still put this you movie. to sleep. <laughs> Wowie, zowie. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, yes, yeah, yes. So directed by David Bruckner, who also did the Ritual, which I also hated. So. Oh, was that the, like they're in, in the woods, Sweden and the, or and something? The, yeah. The like it's like a figurine. With, I think okay, so obsessed like I said, with figurines. 
I feel that David Brechter is just a knockoff Flan. And as you know, I'm the number one Flan stan. He is, like, trying to create this atmospheric, like, emotionally charged situation. But he's relying so much on, like, exactly, like, figurines and sort of, like, genre tropes that it's just not working. He's not Flan and he'll never be Flan, okay? I think, you know, we're in this new, yeah, like, the new standard for horror is like more conceptual more atmospheric the the flans the peels you know but this is like the shitty version of this he'll like reach into your chest and pull it out your little heart and then do a poo poo pee -pee on it rip it up in front of you yeah i mean i do yeah i will this i just don't love not happy i don't love Mike Flanagan as much as you do but I you know he, all the movies make me cry everything makes me cry I just That's watched true. what I texted you I was watching he's just not that into you which is like the worst movie in I cinematic history and I still cried and I hated every second of it but you know it was like know? that was a really misogynistic movie I would definitely watch it on an airplane many years ago um I'd seen, like, parts of it, but I'd never seen it before. And I was really jonesing for a romantic comedy. And I'd already Did watched I tell you Harry, I watched When Harry Met Sally. 27 Dresses. I had this overwhelming urge to watch 27 Dresses. So I went on Tubi, as one does, and I typed it in. And lo and behold, it's there because everything is on Tubi. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, this is, like, so problematic. Like, Yeah. I think we did really talk about this. racist. Like, it's super misogynistic. The guy, yeah, I think I told you the love interest, like, doesn't understand consent because she keeps being like, no. And he's like, I'll find you later, babe. I'm ugh, terrible. Gross. But I watched it anyway to the end. And I was like, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, we talked about, I love romantic comedies. They're terrible and they're I bad. I think they just for... have a chokehold on us because the they're 90s for the is like prime time, you know? Um, Are they? I mean, everything is. No, I just, that's my, like, when someone does something, like, that's bad for the environment. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's written by Ben Collins and Luke Petrowski, which I think they're a writing duo. But, like, maybe yeah, somebody they find a, a woman. Get a woman in here. One woman, I'm begging you. They had a, they have a single Wikipedia page, and they just, like, are David Bruckner's hench, henchmen, not henchwomen. Hen- no, he they needs wish a hench they were henchwomen. Um, but, yeah. I, yeah, they could have used a perspective... Anybody but a white guy. Give me anybody but a white guy. And, like, if you are someone that has experienced, like, the loss of a very, like, close friend or family member or significant other, like, it's just so, like, goofy to watch scenes like the ones he writes about Beth, like, grieving her husband. Because, like, that's not really how it works. Like, it doesn't, it does, part of that is true, but, like, you know, it's. It's just not believable. And I mean, I was just thinking my lucky star, she upgraded from wine to brandy. So I didn't have to watch the like pouring the wine all the way down their throat. You know, (laughs) I yeah, I like don't can't say how I would act in that situation situation. I will hopefully never have to knock on wood deal with that. But like, that's not how someone would act. Yeah, I, I am going to die first. I will. I don't know, jump off a cliff, whatever, together. But anyway. That sounds nice. Sounds Can I nice, come? Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but 
And I will get into it, but I have like specific takes on it where I'm like, I understand why she's angry, but like, really? It, like, is that the only emotion she can have? Is like drunk and angry? I don't know. Like, there's no complexity. I do like there. when she acts like really unhinged and is like laughing and doing like slightly insane things because that's, but I think to, that's to me more relatable. Just like really not having control because like I didn't after my mom died I didn't really have a handle on my drinking but I didn't act like this like I'm you know but I also you know have a long history of mental illness so masking is nothing new to me but uh I don't know I just hate it like you can tell a man wrote this woman right it's yeah red wine out of a big glass I don't know yeah whatever but uh okay let's get into the actual unfortunate of it so we open on a boat, knocking against a dock. Softly, according Softly. to the captions. <laughs> and there are wind chimes present. Uh, we take a gander around a quiet Okay, can house. I just pause? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was dying laughing at the wind chimes because on the most recent episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, this is also connected to horror movies. So I'm totally on point by saying this. Who cares? But way, they but. went to Jamie Lee Curtis's house because one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills... Kyle Richards was in Halloween originally as one of the kids getting babysat, and then she was in Halloween Kills as like one of oh the townspeople. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So she knows Jamie Lee Curtis. But there was so many memes going around because one of the Real Housewives was like, Jamie Lee Curtis had these wind chimes, and she's like, these are very chic wind chimes. And they're like talking so much about <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis's wind chimes. So I just like melted down when I saw them. <laughs> I kind of want wind ch- wind chimes. There's like people around like my condo complex with wind chimes, and I said that we were walking by the other me and Caesar when it was like very windy the other day, and we both had the exact opposite. There was like wind chimes He's chiming, like, and I was, and he, he was, and nearly at the same time he said, "I hate wind chimes," and I said, "We should get wind chimes at the same time." <laughs> My dad hated my mom's wind chimes, so I don't know. Maybe that's a universal I'll just get them and whatever. It's like how one partner in a partnership always loves olives and the other one always hates them. I love olives and Caesar fucking hates <laughs> olives. Yeah. You like gotta find one. Like you have to find your counterbalance. Uh, but anyway, wind chimes are chiming. Uh, around the quiet lake house, we see pictures of a happy little couple. There are then, a lot. They, like, really hammer it home. I'm like, yeah, I get what you're trying to do. Thank you so much. Like, that I think will I be have all. <laughs> one picture of Caesar and I around the house. And I it's have our wedding pictures picture. of our engagement because people gifted them to us. Because I, like, I sent the, like, JPEG or whatever, you know, whatever for- file format it is on your iPhone to people. And they, like, went to Staples and printed them for us and put them in Aww. frames, which is really nice. Yeah. They made a special stop at FedEx. Um, just for you. Mostly I have photos from when I was, like, little, because that's when, like, actual photos existed, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, I have, like, pictures of, like, people on my refrigerator, but other than that, no. But, uh, anyway. My God, you have, we have to tell everyone about the magnet that I got for you. Oh, yeah. Troll hunter. protect you from trolls. (laughs) I'm safe now. There's nothing after so, me, and I'm safe. Did, I don't know if I told you this story. I must have, but uh, a la Troll Hunter, we went on a fjord tour. 
did I tell you this yet? I think, yeah, um, but. Yeah, but tell, like. Tell everybody. Well, I probably told the people on the podcast, but I'm going to repeat it. Uh, yeah, so we went on this Fjord tour, and there were, like, two little kids on the tour with us. And we reached this point where there's this big, like, rock formation that they call the troll fist because it looks like fingers. And she, and she was like, so does anyone know what happens when light hits trolls? And I was like, they turn to stone. <laughs> like, I, I knew it from Troll Hunter. And Adam was like, Abby, that question was for the kids. <laughs> but I was, like, so pumped that I knew it. But they fully believe in trolls in Norway. Like, if you ask just any person, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, good. Great. I, I trolls are real. Trolls. Hashtag trolls are real. Um. Anyway, I was gonna say we've made it one moment into the movie. Into so the please, okay, proceed. so Beth is our widow, and she has arrived home and received a baked casserole from her friend. Uh, she's our recent widow, and she's played by Rebecca Hall. Uh, she gets wine drunk and listens to Calvary Cross, which is a song I hated, and we have to listen to it like five times. In I hated it the first time I heard it. The second time, I hated it more each time. Yeah. Um, and then she watches I was like, is her this wedding. Like, did he write this song? Like, why do you keep subjecting me to this? He only right? liked one song. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she watches her wedding video. I have another qualm with this. Is like this movie is is set in 2021, and yet she's watching it from a recorder on her television. Like you would be watching it on your fucking phone, dude. Like, yeah. No. No. But anyway. Unrealistic, just another, yeah, unimaginative, regurgitated little piece. Um, she wakes the, up. What really got me was the crying and touching the pillow. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Here, the, she wakes <laughs> up you. touching her pillow uh, and then suspiciously looks around the house. A creepy reflection of a man is seen in the back door. Um, and then she wakes up to her alarm and on, she's on the floor of the home office. The on first thing work, I thought in the home office. Nice looking flat files. I would love to have some flat yeah, files. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. They're expensive though. They are. Um, if you can find them used anywhere, you should snap them up. Word to the wise. <laughs> uh, she so on her way to work, the back gate to the dock is open, and there are muddy footprints on the steps, and she hears a gunshot. She's late for it's a like teacher great meeting. Open gate. I can't wait to. Look at this open gate. Ten There's times. a lot of things knocking quietly against other things. It's infuriating. Um, so she's late for this teacher meeting, and her friend Claire, played by Sarah Goldberg, who's in Barry, she plays I the really worst character Sarah, ever. Sarah Goldberg in this role. She did a good job. She's I think a believable she, friend. She's a believable friend. I think she's a really good actor, and it's just unfortunate that her character in Barry is such an insufferable narcissist that, like, you want to hate her, but she's just really good at her job. But can you? But can you? Um, And she asks her if she's doing okay. After the meeting, Beth has to enter grades, but nods off to sleep and is startled awake by an annoying parent who wants to discuss Hunter's grade in speech. Um, after trying to brush her off, Beth tells the mom that her husband shot himself in the head on their boat last Thursday. Uh, when she gets home, she hears footsteps on the dock, but it's just her neighbor Mel trying to tying up her loose boat because there seems like there's a storm coming. She tells Mel him she's deserved better than this. <sighs> I mean, yeah, it, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's horrible. And the we'll way that, like, it, yeah. the way that Beth treats them, I'm like, you're fucking so rude. Yeah. Um, so like, she tells he's him, gonna make you sandwiches and you're verbally abusing him, but we'll get to it. Um, she's selling the house, even though Owen built it because he's an architect and asks, and she asks him if he heard the gunshot that she heard earlier, but he didn't. Um, after watching a video of Owen constructing the house, uh, he's like using a, a saw. She starts throwing out pictures of him and her together and just of him and his belongings and discovers his architecture notebook that includes random designs and notes about patterns and mazes. Written is Trick It, Don't Listen to It, and Cadriora, which I don't know what that means, but it's the type, it's something. It's a uh, thing. We don't ever really, doesn't really know what it means, so put yeah. it out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one sketch says our house and on the next page um, is the reverse floor plan. That night she's woken up by Calvary Cross playing loudly and Owen texts her. He texts her to come down and don't be afraid. She calls him on the phone and through heavy static he says look out the window. She sees him standing on the water naked. The next morning Low butt she, alert. Low butt. Uh unnecessary the next morning she checks her phone i mean i'm a fit you know male nudity should be equal to female nudity it's not we see male also, but we don't see female but that's nice but very no. considerate that he like he did such a neat job of and like he took all his clothes off and put plastic you know his little tarp down it's like so sad that makes it even sadder you know it does make it a little sadder yeah that he's, but like, yeah, thinking about the cleanup. Um, so the next morning, she checks her phone but doesn't see the text from Owen. She then uh, checks his phone that she has left in, like, the crate of his belongings that she got back from the police um, when he died, and there are, again, no texts there. She looks through his phone and sees an image of a woman from behind, someone who looks just like her, but she's convinced it isn't her. At school, she shows Claire... Um, and Claire thinks she should let it go and he isn't here to defend himself that night she goes out with Claire and fellow teachers Heather and Gary um, it is extremely awkward Beth it's asks, like very painful scene to survive yeah uh, Beth asks if they believe in ghosts tells them that she's been sleepwalking just like Owen used to right after he built the house talks about her depression um, pre-suicide and then reads them all Owen's suicide note which says, you were right, there is nothing, nothing is after you, you're safe now. She doubles down, says that she was living with a crazy person, and then Claire takes her home. She drinks brandy and tells Claire about a car accident she had in high school when her lungs were crushed and she was dead for four minutes. When people asked her what she saw when she was dead, she lied and said she didn't remember, but the truth is uh, she didn't see anything and there was nothing. No light at the end of the tunnel, just tunnel. Uh, she falls asleep on Claire's lap and wakes up suddenly alone to, like, a cacophony of static and wind chimes. This was, this was scary, <laughs> like, because I imagine, like, it's silent in one second and then your whole house is just, like, making shit tons of noise. I would hate yeah. that. I don't even like when I can hear the noise outside. Suddenly I'm like, and it's just, like, children and it's the middle of the day. When I first moved into this apartment, when Adam was traveling once... Uh, when we first moved in, our doorbell was broken, so the bell would get stuck under the casing around the door, and it would just be like, 
ah, but it's so, so loud. And one night, some guy came looking for the person that used to live in the apartment at 1 a.m., and hit the doorbell and it got stuck and I got I was scared shitless. It was like a t- I still think about it. It was really oh awful. Oh my god, that is. And I really had to scary. go down because he didn't know the doorbell was stuck, so I had to go down to unstick it and I had to like look like talk to this guy at like one in the morning, and he's like, "I'm looking for this person," and I was like, "Get the fuck off our porch!" Like, no. I would never open the door. I would like wait until they left. And then pretend I wasn't. I mean, it was like it was like unbearably loud. Yeah, and the neighbors, I guess. But and I had like I was like, I'm asleep, you know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Never answer the door. Yeah, never go outside. Don't talk to anyone. Don't trust a single person. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So she goes. She does not have the same sentiment, and she goes outside to investigate and sees. The apparitions of three women who look just like she her jumping chill. off the ledge into the water. I thought, this, lo- I thought this scene was a little bit scary, too. There's a bit like, of a jump scare here, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the apparitions jump over into the water. This is when I really edge, thought the movie gone. might get scary, and then it just, like, never did. <laughs> and then she hears Owen's disembodied voice say, uh, the boat. She goes out to it and sees... It is in the condition it was when he killed himself, covered in the tarp, covered in blood, mm-hmm. his clothes folding ne- neatly folded. Uh, two bloody footprints appear on the dock, and she calls out to him. The footprints approach, and wind gushes in her face. She goes to touch him, but is lowered slowly into the boat instead. It carries her across the lake to a house that looks just like hers. Uh, She sees a woman in the window who looks like her and another on the deck and another in a different room. Owen approaches that woman from behind and they seem to have a fight. The house numbers are backwards as if reflected in a mirror. Uh, And when she sees herself and then she lets herself into the house and then she sees herself on in back in her house on the couch and then the couch her wakes up and closes the door. It's Can like I say, I could not tell that the reverse house was reverse. I was like, it literally just looks like a house. Like, I didn't commit yeah. your floor plan to memory. Like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And like, it I got confusing. it from the context, but it wasn't, like, scary, you know? It was just like, okay. <laughs> and we didn't see enough of the house for it to click immediately. And then it was like, the, I was it's just, yeah, it was it like, was, this is stupid. Yeah. David Brooks. Yeah. yeah. Do you know um, David Bruckner is the son of a cop? Ugh, I know. Sense. Disgusting. Uh, okay, uh, so what happens next? Reverse So copy. then she... Yeah, so then she wakes up on the couch um, and then shuts the door. And then she goes onto Owen's laptop to sneak. How did she looking. know how to do this? I was like, what? I don't know what that... Like, is that a thing you can do? And why would he leave one image on his phone? And, and then, then the other is, like, buried on his computer. Yeah, it doesn't seem like, is he really trying to hide it? But, like, she searches, yeah, like, she does, like, this kind of, like, search of the image name and, like, pulls up some secret folder, and I was like, I'm dumb. I would be, I would just be like, I don't know. (laughs) It'll be a mystery forever. I also would never go back to that house, ever. Like, only to pack things up and never to sleep. Like, yeah, never. forget about it. Sleeping alone there, yeah, that would be awful. No yeah, way. I mean, I just frankly wouldn't have gotten this deep. Like, I would have been like, I don't need to know. I do not need to know. <laughs> like, Well, this is what I told Caesar, too, is like, yeah, if he, 
if he left me in that way, I would be mad that he left yeah. me, but I don't know that that would be the strongest emotion that I would have. I would just yeah. probably be like weeping for hit the mic for years. I don't know. I don't I just like didn't is she like it seemed at first I thought she was involved. She seemed so pissed off. I thought that she was involved in the murder. I was like, was she mad at him before this? Like why Yeah. It didn't really paint a picture of their relationship except that they're a wealthy white couple that seemingly had their shit together and were like in love. So I was like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be flagging as things that are unusual because like there's no depth right. to any of the characters at all. So I don't know. Um, so then, yeah, she finds the original picture hidden with dozens of pictures of other women who all look just like her. She goes to the I woods. I feel to bad look. for those ladies. They didn't do anything wrong. Um, she goes through the woods to look for the house and bumps into Mel walking his dog. Um, good he, doggy. Do, do, do. Good he doggy. tells her the county forest, this is all county forest land and so there can't be a house there. He offers to make her sandwiches and tells her that she should be with people, and then she brushes them off and acts like an asshole. Go get a sandwich. You need it, (sighs) ma'am. Fucking bitch. Uh, She finds the house, and it's unfinished and covered in tarps and plastic. In an upstairs room, she finds a figurine of a woman bound and impaled with with rods. Um, I said it's, like, a worse version of Hellraiser. And then I saw that David Bruckner actually directed a Hellraiser remake. So I was like, ha, I'm smart. Ha. Uh, I'm smart. And pins. Yeah. It's a motif. Uh, she goes to Mel's uh, and then like pushes her way into his house and demands to know what he knows. He says, He's like, he I'm ma- coming to the door. Stop. I'm coming to the door. I hear you. And she's still I would have invited away. you in. Yeah, yeah. I would have invited you in. I offered to for you to come over earlier and you denied it. But here you are being a fucking asshole. Um, he tells her he never saw a house but had caught Owen once with a woman walking in the woods. And then later that same night, Owen came to his house smelling of alcohol and muddy, admitting that he had shameful urges he was trying to shake but had found a way to stop them. And Mel never saw anything like that again and thought they were okay. Not Mel's fault. Mel's not a part of this, yeah. Uh, Later, she does go through his things again and finds a book titled Caradroia. Droia. Um, And inside inside it is a sketch of the figurine she found, and in the book is a picture of a similar figurine called the Louvre doll. The Louvre doll. I don't know. But, like, it all, they also are like, it's a voodoo doll. I was like, oh, yeah. is it a voodoo doll? Thank you, guys. This <laughs> so movie wasn't racist enough already. <laughs> right. It's described as a voodoo doll, and the lines on the page, and the two lines on the page are underlined um, in pen. Numerous spells could bind offerings to the artifact for delivery, and simple mazes and reverse spaces intended to confuse or weaken dark forces. Meh. Um, she sees the bookseller stamp in the book, uh, and then looks them up, but then sees another, like, male ghostly apparition in a column, but then it vanishes. Um, she goes to the bookstore the next day to ask about her husband's purchase history, and the book clerk is With, like, like no we context. don't do that, you Yeah, like, we're, like, like, a used bookstore. Um, probably we only take cash, and, like, you didn't <laughs> even tell me your name, so, thanks. Right? 
Um, yeah. She then she sees the woman from the photo, Madeline, and accuses her of sleeping with Owen. Forces her to take down her ponytail, and then generally creepy. just is being creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she tells Claire about everything later that night, and Claire doesn't understand or believe, and wants Beth to get away from the house. Which is she should have taken best. Claire, advice. yeah, Claire's doing. The or best I mean, she Claire's can. advice, yeah. Um, she so Beth promises to stay at a hotel, but at home she calls out to Owen and tells him that if he has anything to say to her, he better do it now. Say it then to she, my face, okay? Ridiculous. <laughs> and then thinking that she sees him, she chases a figure to the front door, but turns out it's Madeline. Um, who admits she's been there before and tells her she had a dream Madeline, after work. What are you doing in the middle of the night showing up at this, like, unstable person's house? Like, like come yeah, on. Yeah, she creeped you out earlier. You are, you may be in danger. Um, she had a dream that she was Beth and Beth was her, etc. Uh, Madeline tells blah, her blah. that um, Owen brought her to the house once. They had a drink, and then he brought her to the other house, excitedly showed her each room, and then the figurine, which he asked her to hold. Then they kissed, he cried, um, and then he started to choke her, but when she asked him to stop, he did. And then he took her home, broke things off, felt guilty. Um, uh, Owen's really getting, like, a hero's edit for such a piece of shit. This is how I well, well I'll wait until the end. We'll but talk the way about I described it, yeah. it is like this could be summed up in one sentence and it's like ridiculous. After Madeline leaves, Beth goes out in the rain to the other house, yells out for Owen to come get her. She stumbles around because she's fucking drunk, falls through a spot on the floor, and then underneath are several dead bodies of women wrapped in plastic. Uh, she goes back home, calls Claire, leaves a voicemail, uh, but you know, it's like you know, doesn't come right out and tell her what she found. I was like, please go to Mel's house right now. Like, right. Go to Mel. Yeah. Uh, and then she, like, goes I to feel bad shower. that Mel has to do this emotional labor for you, but Christ, like just leave. Yeah. Like be anywhere except for this stupid fucking house. Um, so she goes to take a shower, but then our favorite song, Calvary cross starts up again. Uh, she comes out, asks Owen to come back, starts crying. Uh, this is where her crying was so unbelievable. It was like open mouth sobbing, but it, there were no tears. I was like, you're not. It was a lot of me. You're actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're not. I mean, really people crying. cry that way, but it was. I was just like, I can see like your uvula. Like I don't know what to say. Yeah, and it, I don't know. Whatever. It was. Yeah, it was ugly crying, but not realistic ugly crying. I feel bad we're admonishing Rebecca Hall's face <sighs> when it's not her fault. It's David Bruckner's fault. I'm talking about her performance of crying, but maybe that was his direction. Who knows? He was like really lean into just teeth. Yeah. Open your and mouth like, and cry. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, For those she, at home, I had a lot of teeth out. And it was that noise, I think, did it. It sold it. Sold me on it. Thank you so much. Uh, when she looks in... When she looks up from crying, she sees here written in steam on the bathroom mirror and footprints on the floor. She reaches out and touches like where the apparition should be, hugs him, but he's still like she can't can't see anything. 
he's invisible. Uh, he caresses her and she says, Owen? And the voice responds, no, I'm not Owen. Then the door slams and in the reflection of the mirror, uh, she sees a different woman who looks just like her um, and then watches Owen come in and attack her, smash her head against the mirror and kill her. Then the disembodied person slams Beth against the mirror. Uh, she sees like several women start, like women start hiding behind objects in a room and then watches Owen drag a woman into the bedroom and start tying her up. And then the male like, apparition. I don't think you actually need to hog tie her like this, but sure. Like, I don't know. It's understand. so nasty. Yeah. Uh, and then the like male apparition is like in a poster and then it turns and looks at her and moves closer to her. And then Beth stumbles out of that room and into another scene of Owen with another woman. I kind of zoned out during this. It was just like, okay, it's we a lot of wrap this up. violence <laughs> yeah. against women. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's dragged down the hallway and then sees Owen in multiple rooms, killing multiple women. She walks into a Christmas scene of her asleep on Owen's lap on the couch. Uh, the apparition speaks through Owen's mouth and says that he is what she felt when her heart stopped. And he's been with her ever since he went to Owen and whispered in his ear to kill Beth and send her back. But he wouldn't. Um, and then instead sent him these other women to trick him. The apparition attacks Beth, contorts her into the figurine shape, lifts her up, and then, like, the scene turns red. Ugh, whatever. There are two moons, one's red, one's white. And then uh, in the morning, Claire comes to check on her, sees the house in disarray, starts calling out to her. Mel hears Claire calling out, um, but Beth is still in the red dream state. She's in the boat. Owen's naked, like, in his, like, right before suicide state. Uh, she, she asks where he is, and the apparition says he's gone. Claire sees Beth on the boat alone and runs towards her. But the dock steps are have, like, 20 turns. So she's like, I know. Oh, my God. me a headache. Yeah. Beth in the red dreams is, like, holding the gun and then the apparition Owen says there's nothing there's only me come back to me Beth grips the gun but hears Claire call out to her from the dock Claire swims out to her and saves her while on the dock with Claire and Mel Beth sees the apparition still on the boat and then Mm -hmm. that's it the movie's over I thank god I know yeah Owen gets away with it uh he gets a redemption arc because he was trying to save his wife and no way he murdered i don't he know it looked like, like there were like six five. women yeah. down there like and was gonna were, like, murder further, Madeline too and are like they're further debased because they're like just selected because they have a physical like you know resemblance to his wife and it's like she's on this pedestal and everybody else is collateral damage and you know no no uh, yeah like these they did good these are victims of a murder. Like, even if he was trying like to save his wife. serial killer ex- at this point. Yeah, yeah, he's a fucking serial killer. And yet he's like, he wouldn't give you back to me. So, you know, like, I don't, and I also don't like, I don't understand the lore behind this anyway, because if she didn't see anything, was it evil that was waiting for her on the other side? And why did the evil come back for her? I, don't, I just don't. And I don't, so, I mean, I don't we know. have I don't to like presume that also, like, I don't know. I don't like how this movie depicted mental illness and suicide, but so is the presumption that he eventually just kind of like lost his shit because there's like 
That, well, he, like, if it's nothing, why is it sinister? It's just nothing, right? right? Like, it's supposed to just it doesn't be nothing. make sense. So it's just like whispering in. Like, are you telling me even in like the supposed afterlife, nothing is male identifying and is fixated <laughs> right. on like one specific woman? Like, what the fuck? Like, everything is about the male gaze in this movie, and it's just just I like don't really like throwing around the you know, the male gaze terminology because it feels a little outdated, but, like, But it's Jesus. from the male perspective, yeah. It's, like, everything absolutely. is, like, from a male perspective and centered around, like, patriarchal ownership. Like, Owen is super possessive of Beth, so he literally murders, like, unnamed, you know, uh, like, undervalued Brunette women. women. Brunette women that, like, their only value to him is, like, having a, like, passing resemblance to his wife. And, yeah, like... I just don't understand the lore exactly. Like, it's just really offensive that, like, he's driven to suicide by this whole, like, thing. And the way that, like, Beth talks about her depressive episodes are really, like, it's really weird and, like, dismissive of the actual, like, impact that cognitive functioning and mental illness has has on on your day-to-day life, you know? Right. And she's still, like, yeah, wealthy, fully functioning member of society who has has always had access to healthcare, presumably, and, like, doesn't really, you know, like, hasn't had to deal with this. I'm also confused because... That's a multi-million dollar house that she's gonna sell. Oh my god, yeah. And, uh, yeah, plus benefits from her dead husband. But Mm -hmm. the... So this evil or this nothing that's been haunting her said it's been with her ever since. But then the movie also makes it seem like this hasn't didn't start until after until Owen built their the house. house. Yeah. So like, why what then? Because they've it? been t- yeah. They're coming up on their fifteenth wedding anniversary, so mm-hmm. they've been together for at least fifteen, sixteen years. And she was in high school when she got in the car accident and not with him, probably, because she's mm-hmm. close to 40. So, like, I don't... I'm so confused about... I feel like it was just... This whole movie was just, like, a thinly veiled excuse to put just, like, brutality against women on screen under the guise of, like, he was actually a caring husband that tried to protect <sighs> his property but at the end of the day, like, there are so many plot holes and, like, lack, there's such a lack of connectivity in what this movie is trying to say that the only thing yeah. I can garner is that it's trying to say that it's acceptable to degrade women in support of, like, if, if you're, you're protecting still in your wife of your wife, right? Like, it's just really fucked up. This is what Caesar was like, well, what, like, what was the movie about? And I was like, this guy killed women because a ghost told him to. Like, that's exactly what it boils down to and then we're supposed to feel bad that he kills himself because he can't like live with having this like demonic presence controlling him or whatever and like I don't know it just seems more like yeah I like would have kept doing it it worked it just like it started to impact me like okay oh I don't know it also like and yeah like what if you had just done nothing what if you had just done nothing and also like if this is haunting him and that he's built a whole fucking house, killed multiple women, he never once brought this up to Beth, was never like, hey, when you died, you brought an evil presence back with you and it's fucking haunting me and telling me to kill you? Like, you couldn't have an honest conversation with her about it? Right. Like, what? That's not like, a real depiction of, like, a loving the relationship. The whole thing falls apart, too, because, like, 
I thought the reverse house was going to be like some sort of alternate timeline or like something kind of like mildly interesting, but it like, was what just is... like a random murder house that he built randomly, yeah. like so that to, like, the ghost would think them? they were like I don't get it. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like what's that movie with one of the probably a flan movie with <laughs> no with uh, Elizabeth Moss where there's like that other house with like the their like counterparts. Yes. And they, like, slowly uh, start to discover that they have, like, a... I don't know. With, I thought it was um, going to be similar to that. It's, um... And they're, like, going to, like, a marriage council. Is it one of the Duplass? Duplasses? Yeah, it's Duplasses? a Mark Duplass. And they go to this, like... They're supposed to be, like, healing their marriage, but then they end up, like, fucking the other versions of themselves. And then <laughs> yeah. it's, like, unclear which two of, like, which versions return. Go back. Actually, I liked that movie. Yeah, it was kind of fun. And so I thought it was going to be that, where I thought it was going to be, I really thought it was going to be like, oh, he's got another Beth who he had to take with him or whatever to the grave. So I thought that's what it was going to be. But yes, I don't know. I was disappointed by, I, because at the end of the day, it's just about fridging women. It's like, it's all it is. And I also, like, it's at called the beginning. The one I love. Okay. I was like, I can picture the movie poster of them. And like, yeah, they're in the they're pool. the water. Yeah, <laughs> I could picture it too. That was a good movie. Uh, that's much better than this. Movie. Wow, Elizabeth and Moss is actually kind of a genre queen, isn't she? She loves it. Yeah, she's a scream queen for sure. But I, yeah, and I at the beginning when we find out she's a widow and we're like panning over the pictures of them together, I was like, oh, is this going to be like an allegory for grief, et cetera, et cetera? But it's worse. I than wish. That. Yeah. <laughs> I was rolling my eyes at the idea of that, and that's what I wished this was. I wish that it was it just a poorly was. written woman grieving and like creating some like subconscious world or something like anything yeah. but this. It was just anything horrible. But this. Yeah. Um, it's also pretty racist. I felt like I was watching a 1992 horror movie with, like, a kindly black neighbor that's there to shepherd Beth through her journey. Like, and I feel like they're like, but there is another teacher, Heather, who's also black. And I'm like, that doesn't help. <laughs> like, so and also, like, how many movies do we have to watch centered around white, wealthy white women, like, battling their inner demons in a, like, fucking multi-million dollar mansion by themselves. I just, like, cannot deal with this. Who cares? I just, like, don't care about that. Like, that's either. the narrative I don't care. It's, like, male comedians. Like, I don't care about what you have how to many, say. Actually, like, when you really think about it, how many movie, like, ghost movies affect people in poverty like how many times do we see people in poverty experiencing hauntings on seat on screen like they don't have time for this shit you know Candyman. Ha- hauntings are then. hauntings are a luxury of the rich honestly it's yeah like, like, like our victorian idea of ghosts right is also racist you know it's like yeah why are like ghosts always like mm-hmm. white children i don't know yeah uh, I guess, like, maybe Poltergeist, they're eventually, like, bankrupted by the Poltergeist situation. <laughs> they moved back in with her mom. <laughs> I mean, there's got, I mean, but then. But you see, like, a lot of affluent people in horror movies, you know? Or, like, they, people that have inherited, like, ancestral homes and suddenly have, like, come right, into money, yeah. but there's strings attached. Like, there's just, like, very little representation of. I don't know, like any socioeconomic diversity in horror movies. And this just kind of like 
I don't know. This is just a glaring example of every problem the genre has in 2022. And this is not an addition that is needed. Uh, I feel bad we anytime someone suggests a movie, we like to take a huge dump on its chest. Um, Maya's probably just walking around like innocently liking this movie. I know. You can like whatever you want. (laughs) I don't like it though. But so Mel is played by Vondi Curtis Hall. I just wanted to say his name because he's got like he's a the person, longest yeah. IMDb page in the history. But I know him because he's in Die Hard 2, which oh, unfortunately yeah. is like my favorite Isn't that you know, film franchise. Too? I'm sure. Yeah, I think oh that's why God. they made Romeo and Juliet, the 1996 version. I don't remember who he is. I don't. I only saw that movie one time in class. He's also what? in Eve's Bayou. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. He plays Julian Grey Raven. He was he was pretty hot in that movie. Right. I think he's pretty hot in this movie, too. He's still doing great. Like, grandpa 1950. Hot. Yeah, so he's 70. He was 71? 70, 71? Coming to America? Filming. Wow. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, this is I'm, a... I don't remember who I do love Coming to America, but I don't remember. I haven't seen it in a long time. L.A. Law. (laughs) Uh, Is this what we're... We always just end up scrolling IMDb. Scrolling some of these IMDb pages, yeah. But anyway, he deserved better than this role. It wasn't Um, a good role, and I think... I don't know, like... I I feel like I'm almost sort of like, did you trick him? Like was he? <laughs> did, did you, you like do the final cut? Be and he was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, exactly. Probably. Like, I hope he got that paycheck. That you know, because he's like you know the kindly, kind of like, completely like neutral neighbor who like he's experienced massive trauma. His wife passed away, but like even though that happened. Beth acts like her trauma is worse. Like, even though he lost his spouse, too, she's like, well, you couldn't understand what I'm going through. This is worse. And she just continues to center herself and, like, not find connectivity and community. And it's just, like, she also is just on this, like, super individualistic tirade to accomplish essentially nothing. Because, I mean, she accomplishes nothing. um, She doesn't accomplish it. The the apparition is still there. Like, her husband still killed himself. Like, she still has this house. Nothing happened. Yeah, this movie was unbelievably unnecessary. Just so you know, some brown-haired ladies got murdered. And, like, what does she do with that? Like... She what is this like she comes out and it's like suddenly the bright of day and like you know her best friend is there and she's saved but like what do you do with the information that five at least five women had to die so you could be alive and that your husband killed them and like I, you might know this like ghost side of the story but like he still murdered people like what the and hell ghost is not an excuse it's not a thing and yeah. he she doesn't not only, like, I, you know, never call the cops, but if you find out that your spouse killed five plus women, call That's the fucking why, cops. Like, okay? go to like, Mel and be like, Mel, there are bodies in this weird reverse house. You're probably the most level-headed person in this situation. I mean, Claire I mean, and Mel should just become best friends and, like, I know. ditch Beth. And let her, yeah, let her alone in this crazy house. But, like, it's, I don't know, like, not... 
alerting someone to that situation misogynistic you know like you don't care about these women You're either like, oh, clearly well, I don't give a fuck yeah they're not me and like this is about <clears throat> me and this is about my grief and my experience and whoever they are they don't matter because they're not like a part of this narrative me. that I can digest yeah cool I also so Beth, cool cool I want to just talk about the treatment of Heather, who is the only other oh, black Heather. person on screen, oh, it was brutal. Played by Christina I did like Jackson. Gary, uh, Gary was kind of funny. He was like trying uh, to be compassionate, but he was like, maybe it's sleep paralysis. <laughs> um, yeah. So they like. So there's only other, there's not a whole lot of characters in this movie. And Heather and Gary are, yeah, like, Heather, Gary, and Claire are like her fellow teachers. And mm-hmm. Heather is like the way that. Number one, the way that Beth is interacting with her is like very dismissive and rude, Almost and Claire aggressive. keeps telling her and aggressive. Claire keeps telling her to shut the fuck up when she's just like innocently asking questions. And the way yeah. that Beth is acting is as if she wants she's to like unload it, this, inviting yeah. questions. And Heather is asking like fairly banal questions uh, and trying to navigate like a pretty weird situation because your colleague that you know maybe your friends but it's your coworker. Is like right. losing her shit in front of you. I don't like everybody was kind of evil to Heather, except for I guess Gary. Like Gary and Heather are probably going to talk yeah. so much shit about them when they leave. Yeah, I would love to be in that text chain, but I know. I yeah, like they yeah, they're so dismissive of her, so aggressive. Like she gets maybe four or five lines. Like mm-hmm. I, it felt yeah, it felt. Token. I do like it was that definitely she tokenism. Wears- for sure. But I do like that she wears her natural hair because not that's like a tiny step in the right direction. Right. But yeah, I think they just were like, well, Mel can't be the only person of color in this movie. So let's just right. airdrop another one. in. yeah. And I like so this is the same problem that I had with uh, Fresh, which is another recent horror movie that happened. You know, like you told me not to watch it, gotta, so I didn't watch uh, it. Don't watch it; it's terrible. Um, apparently, everybody else likes it, and I'm the only one who didn't like well, it. Well, our brains are broken, so. <laughs> so the the problem with that spoilers. I don't know who gives a shit, but like the problem with that is that a white woman is saved in the end by her black best friend whose only role in that movie is to be the black best friend and the only thing that this movie didn't do is make claire the black best friend instead we get heather who is even further tokenized so like it's I just am begging infuriating you. if anyone out there hears us if anyone out there is a screenwriter if anyone out there is in production on these movies, please, we are like literally begging you to put black women in your writer's room. We're begging you. <laughs> please. Let, I'm I on mean, bended I, knee. I just like, if we can allow white men to write and direct horrible movies, can't we just give somebody else a chance? Like, what? Just give them some Why? money and let what them make David a fucking Brackner movie. What is David doing? Literally, like, okay, I guess I do like VHS, and he did one of the shorts in that. I can't. And not. Southbound was okay, but like, I don't need you as like an up and coming voice in the horror genre. Like, we've no. had your type before. I can see your entire career playing out before my eyes. You're not Mike Flanagan, so just go away. Like, you're literally not Mike Flanagan. I just, I don't need this. Like, I don't want this. It's not. I don't need this. It's just this. making. It's making me feel embarrassed to love our genre as much as I do because this yeah. was made in 2021. Like, 
What embarrassing? Why? That was like and yesterday. I feel the same way. I just recently watched X, which is the newest Ty West movie, and you know you how I like feel it, about right? Ty West. Yeah. I did not like it, and it did the hey, same you. thing. With Scott Muscutty, I won't give anything away because I do think that you would maybe like it and I won't spoil anything for you. But Kid Cudi, Scott Muscutty, who's a black man, was in that movie and they do the same thing where he's like tokenized and like almost subverts it, doesn't go far enough. Yikes. Whatever. Yikes, bikes. I'm, I don't, I don't understand anything. Maybe I'll go see Nope tomorrow. Are you going to see I do want to see Nope, yeah. Yeah. Should we watch it? Uh, we'll if both we were, go to the theater alone. <laughs> if we were together, we would be watching it together. I'll go, maybe yeah. I'll do, you know what I love? A noon, a noon matinee. A nooner? You know? A nooner, if you will. Uh, <laughs> One of my friends from work was like, let's go to the movies. I want to see the new Thor movie. I was like, no, I don't want to see that. Should I go see I'll it go at 11.15 a.m. tomorrow? <laughs> Ooh, do it. What the fuck? I don't want to go to a movie in IMAX. Like, what year is it? Who does? I don't understand the IMAX thing. I really don't. I never have uh, gotten it either. Yeah, but... maybe I'll go tomorrow. I do love a movie by myself. I can sit in the anonymity of a theater and just, like, eat so much popcorn and candy and just, like, yeah. chug a Diet Coke. I... I was just going to say something about The Watcher, which I also is a recent horror movie, which I also hated. And I just wonder if I just hate everything. If I just like am incapable of enjoying things. I radicalized to be able to like, we're just at the point where it's like, I don't accept this. Like, we Uh, can do better than this. And I don't accept it. Like, I do not accept The Night House. We officially give it the spooky succubus stamp of disapproval, official thumbs down. No, don't watch it. You, it's an hour and 46 minutes you can't get back. Sorry, An hour Maya. and 46 minutes, too long. And I, I mean, this is, like, me being a bias, from a biased perspective, but, like, horror and, like, folklore is, like, such a huge part of so many Latinx communities and cultures. And, like, Mexico has a huge film industry and a huge, like, horror industry. And yet a mainstream American movie productions are rarely ever centered around Latinx. We get one. We get Guillermo del Toro. Like, that's... And he's barely horror. Yeah. It's more fantasy. And he's, like, we don't I get anybody. he's also held to this, like, wild standard, too. You know, yeah. like, every like movie he, has to be bigger than the last one. And the... What's the Fish movie? I kind of like that movie. I forget uh, what it's called, The Fish though. movie is called... Wow, Underwater. Deep Water. To... Deep cover. Beyond the water. Uh, something like that. Um, uh, I actually didn't watch it. When it came out, everyone was like, oh my god. She just fish wants fucking. to fuck a fish. Yeah, it's I was like, okay, she wants to fuck a fish. It was fucking fun, okay? Like, it was a He's good, fun movie. Kind so of a hot fish, honestly. Calm down. Yeah, he was a hot fish. Did you but, watch Nightmare Alley yet? I saw the runtime, and then I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. No, um, sir. Yeah, I don't know. I hate. I also, yeah, I haven't watched a recent horror movie that I really enjoyed since I don't know. Since I watched Get Out, probably. I haven't watched Get Out in a while. I've been kind of like waiting to rewatch it so I can feel something. I think that Parasite is a horror movie. Like it was horrifying. Yeah, we should to talk me. about Parasite. It was horrifying. Um, and I, 
I've seen it like six times, and, and I've like, made every single person I've ever met want to watch. Class you know. consciousness, like the God, it was so good, so good. Okay, uh, maybe yeah. we, we should do a Mexican movie soon. Yeah, Let me mosey back over it. to my other tab. So, madam, uh, we'll start wrapping up here. But next week we're doing Coraline, or the week Coraline. after, two weeks yeah, from now, yeah. Coraline. And then uh, on the bonus feed now is Nine Lives starring Paris Hilton. You're welcome. And up next for the bonus feed will be um, uh, One Miss Call. So don't get oh, too yeah. jazzed up. Yeah. Uh, I know we have it did an official selection process. Um, so what would we like to fuck this week? You know what? Fuck Jason Bruckner. I don't want you. I don't need David. you. But yeah. I don't know his name. He doesn't <laughs> matter to me. I don't know him. I, well, um, yeah. Why was I thinking of Jason? And what Ben Collins and Luke Petrowski write something better. Do better. Do better. Be better. Or Suck don't. Maybe get a, a new career. Fuck. Yeah. Go like be a CPA Nobody or needs your writing. Nobody truly. asked for this. Uh, definitely fuck misogyny and, you know, fuck fridging women, of course. Fuck tokenism. And racism erasure just general you like erasure of people of color in the world by this fucking genre that we're so committed to for some reason right oh vault um yeah anything else no i don't know fuck modern horror man we, it's we, getting it's worse bad. and worse it's, it's you would think it would be getting better and like historically you know horrors for you know people who feel like outsiders right yeah right like on the fringes and listen people jordan peele can't do everything okay he He can't can't be the only person making like subversive horror in 2022 like that has like black leading roles you know honestly uh okay so you can find us at spooky succubus cast wait what is it at spooky succubus underscore cast uh, I haven't been on the Instagram in a while. Sorry, you guys. I know we're kind of shitting the bed, but I've been planning this wedding and there's a lot going summer. on. There's just a lot going on, but we're really trying. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, Rebecca, I started our official recommendations um, spreadsheet. So I'll share it with you when we get offline and we'll post that on okay. the Patreon once, it, once it's eased up a little bit. Uh, and then, yeah, remember that you can't shit upward. And we're going to add another catchphrase. Excuse me. Poo poo pee pee one, two, three. <laughs> and finally. every time. <laughs> finally, stay ugly. And get fucked. We love you guys. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> everything. It's probably the most impactful thing I've said today. Okay, bye. Bye.